What are you trying to prove? Uh, Joey, this is uh, Max Keller. Max takes care of things. All kinds of things. Trying to prove that maybe you can use me? For what? To take care of things. All kinds of things. That job's filled. I'm sure a smart man like Mr. Rocker is always looking to upgrade. I'm the best there is. Max, if you're the best there is, the wheel would have never been invented. <laughs> Is this a smart move by the undercover cop to just provoke the right-hand man like that? I feel like if you're trying to get in with some type of Chicago mob boss family, you got to go after the right-hand man's main henchman, and he comes in intimidating him. I think it tries to show, like, this guy means business. He's not some random cop. He's not a cop. He's not a cop. (laughs) A cop wouldn't provoke the henchman like that, I suppose, right? So this is very anti-cop behavior. Yeah. Very anti-cop behavior. Yeah. Especially he's too, cocky. he's too cocky to be a cop. This guy can't be a cop. Yeah. Max is a stone cold killer here. Yeah. And he's coming in and he's already telling him, like, this is how I can be of use to you, buddy. You're breaking balls? And I feel like a, a nice Chicago, you know, mafia businessman would appreciate such yeah. ball breaking. I mean, what yeah. would Seagal do, right? He's yeah. just following the Seagal, Seagal yeah. playbook here. I don't know if Seagal could be undercover. Like, I feel like he would just just break after 10 minutes and just start beating people up. <laughs> he'd like, he, like he'd have up. time for that. He doesn't have time for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, whose yeah. hot dog is this, right? Yeah. That's the famous yeah. line. It's like, <laughs> it's just looking for hot dogs. He doesn't so. have time. He just, just gets frustrated. And I'll beat you up. <laughs> Welcome back to the last row podcast. This is episode 143. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving 2023. If you're listening to this on release day, thank you, by the way, yeah. for spending your Thanksgiving Morning, afternoon, evening. I don't know when this gets released. Two knuckleheads here. Two two knuckleheads. It is happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thanks to to all the listeners. If you're new to the show, check out our website, thelastrobepodcast.com. Follow us on all the social channels at The Last Row Pod, Facebook, X, Twitter, wherever, right? Instagram. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And if you haven't done so, please leave us a five-star review. Thank you to everybody that's done so, so far. Happy Thanksgiving, Badway, pre-Thanksgiving as we record this. I'm happy to be here with you talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, do you think there's a world where there's one person that's listening to this podcast during Thanksgiving dinner? You know, the family's (laughs) sitting around the table and they listen to us talk about Arnold and slick back hair and pinstripe suits. Did they escape the dinner? Is there a world? No, no, no. It's like they're sitting at dinner. They're sitting at the dinner table, you know? Oh, man. Like some families, you know, nice families anyways, they're like, you sit at the dinner table, you play some music in the background. It's like, what if we're the background music? Oh, man. I've, if Is that's there the one case, house in the world? If that's, that's the case, we, we better take this We better take this yeah. extra seriously. We have an obligation here to make sure people have a nice little Thanksgiving dinner while listening to this. Yeah, and we, we certainly won't talk about uh, Joseph Pussy Brennan you know, during, <laughs> during the dinner table. You know, that, that's what we won't do. <laughs> hey, they, he said it, not you. Yeah, I mean, he, he said, said it. it. It's his name. It's his name, right? He said it. All right, uh, what is this movie, Drew? Is Raw Deal? It's a poor name, I think. It's a Raw Deal. The movie's name got a Raw Deal. June 6, 1986. Were you a two-year-old Ute? I was a two-year-old Going to see child. Raw Deal in the movie theater? I have who a goes shocking... To see, who goes to see Raw Deal in the movie theater in 1986? What's I guess the type if you're person? a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but like he was off of Terminator and off these other movies, we'll, we'll have to talk about it, but I did not see it in the theater. Yeah. I wish I did. 
Yeah, it's the type of person like would I don't I can't think of an a, a, you know an equivalent. It's like to go see head on, you know, Vinny Chase's first action movie, right? <laughs> it's like when you go see the generic, or, or like would you go to the theater to watch uh, Jesse Pinkman's Need for Speed? I would not. It's like but yeah, but like that's, that's the type of person that would go to the theaters to see Raw Deal. Just just a just an action junkie, right? But this they is don't care. Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. But the, he wasn't really Arnold back then, was I mean, he? he? He was the Terminator. Well, we have to. He get wasn't into the that. predator. He wasn't. You know? He wasn't a predator. He wasn't an a predator, right? <laughs> Anyways, um, runtime one minute forty seven, one hour forty seven right. minutes. Just, Just right, right, maybe a little long. I don't know. I was ready. I liked it. I was ready for it to end. Action slash crime, directed by John Irvin, who did nothing of note after this movie. <laughs> so I mean, good for him. He, you know, he had a career, but you know, not anything that I'm, me, you, or I would be interested in, or our dear listeners, I'm sure. IMDb 5.6 out of 10. Fair? It's, it's probably about right, but I enjoyed it more than that. Yeah, this movie was fun. It's a great movie. Not good, but fun. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 31%. Too low. About, yeah, I mean, it's fair, you know. But For me, too like low. I get it. Yeah. Metacritic, 44. Better. Too low. Letterboxd, 2.8 out of 5. But too low. That's yeah, probably fair. I think it's a 3.5. And, and, and this is the I, definition yeah, it wasn't, of, yeah. it wasn't yeah. good, but I liked it. It wasn't good, but I liked it, yeah. It's like, a, yeah. it's a fu- this is a fun movie. Like I, yeah. I challenge you if you're a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger and action movies to watch this and not and tell me that you didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't think a, you would do it. It's kind of the hidden gem of his uh, of his early work. Yeah. yeah. When efforts to prosecute mob boss Luigi Patravita, and by the way, I'm going to butcher all of these names throughout <laughs> the episode. How dare all you? these mob boss names, all of the character names, they're all going to get butchered. How dare you? are repeatedly derailed thanks to a mole in the FBI. The only choice is to bring in an outsider, specifically Mark Kaminsky, a disgraced (laughs) agent who leaps at the chance for reinstatement. After FBI Chief Shannon gives him his orders, Kaminsky fakes his own death and reemerges as an ex-con named Brenner. Joseph Undercover and accountable to no one, the former Fed, Tears up the mob from the inside. Did you did you think that Mark Kaminsky was his his witness protection name? Because I thought that he was in witness protection. Like Mark Kaminsky is such a unassuming name. Like it that is. doesn't suit yeah. him. We'll talk about it. But I just didn't think it was real. Yeah, like Mark Kaminsky works in textiles. Right? Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's yeah. how I feel. He's not a he's not an FBI agent. I think these taglines are kind of weak. There's multiple that are the same, but I'll I'll do it for the sake of the people and the listeners that expect the segment here. Oh, they, right. they love it. There's two variations. The government gave him a raw deal. Nobody gives him a raw deal. Actually, and somebody does give him a raw deal. The government does. They do, right? They just said they just said it. Yeah, they did. And so then here, here's the next one, right? The system gave him a raw deal. Nobody gives him a raw deal. I like system over government, but both bad. I feel like they should they should also be both on the same poster. Like they shouldn't be separate. It should be the government yeah. gave him a raw deal, nobody gives him a raw deal. The system gave him a raw deal, nobody gives him a raw deal. And, and then, then on the bottom. Yeah. Nobody. Exactly. Put that on yeah. one poster. Nobody yeah. gives a raw deal. Three times. Because the threes, it works. The threes yes. works. Yeah. And then this one, I don't know how this makes any sense, but it's just, I mean, it's just accurate, but yeah. his trigger has all the answers. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't, yeah. Who knows? It doesn't We, really we don't find answers. that out until like minute, you know, one, <laughs> one thirty-six. <laughs> exactly. And then it turns into like a massacre film. <laughs> That's a good, it's, you're exactly right. Yeah. It's a massacre. It's it's a, it's a it's a very carefully you know paced 
mob infiltration movie for an hour and a half. And then the last 15 minutes are just, let's kill everyone. It turns into a massacre. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, this massacre had an $8.5 million budget and it returned 16.2. So it was a little modest success here for 1986, yeah. but kind of an unassuming movie sandwiched in between some of Arnold's films. But, you know, I think there is no award for this outside of, in my heart, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger's most underrated, most underrated. could film. be. Could be. I didn't really see a ton of trivia that was worth talking about, but I think we need to talk about this as a film itself. So what's your history with this, and have you seen it before? No, I've never seen it. And we were talking about Arnold movies and Van Damme movies recently, and we're like, we should probably do one. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a whole month or since we've talked about Arnold. And this Arnold, was his probably. 11th, right? His 11th I think this is our 11th Arnold episode. We're <laughs> running out of, of Arnold episodes, Drew. We'll have to restart um, redoing them. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to go through it quick, I mean, what Arnold movies are left that we haven't done? I mean, really, it's Junior and Twins. Yeah. Of, of his heyday. Total Recall and Eraser. End of days. Yeah. That's probably it. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost out of Arnold movies, Drew. It's we scary. have some comedies, but like, I, not the actions, put it that yeah. way. Like Twins yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, this, this is such an underrated movie that it took me forever to finally, I, last night was the first time I watched it. And I, and I loved it. It was awesome. Same? Agree? I agree. I have never seen this before, and I'm going to sound very much like an idiot when I say this, but it was sandwiched between like Red Sonia and what's the other one? Red Heat? Red Heat. And I just- Belushi? Yeah, with Belushi, and I just, it didn't, like the cover doesn't really let you know what this movie is about. Yeah. And as a self-respecting Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, I'm ashamed to admit that I've never actually watched this until now, and I'm glad that we did. That's why it's underrated, because nobody talks about this movie. They don't. and it's not good. It's It seems rushed. It seems poorly written. But there's a good story in here and a good performance yes. by Arnold. It's funny that you say that, yeah, this doesn't seem like an Arnold movie. Because like when I look at the cover, I, like, I want to put Van Damme's face on the cover. Uh, yeah. It looks like a Van Damme poster. But it it's does. not a Van Damme movie. Well, because Van Damme slicks his hair back. Yeah. And Arnold doesn't. Yeah. And Van, Damme would, and Van Damme wears the wife beater. And I don't feel like Arnold does as yeah. often. The, the interesting thing about this, when I was watching it, it was I was trying to place it. And I think we said this, like, does it feel like an Arnold movie? So you're saying the poster doesn't look like one. But even as I watch this movie, like Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't really in an infiltration thing. Like you, you could say True Lies. So True Lies was a thing, but he was already a secret agent. Like it was different. Yeah, like different. this is, this movie screamed to me, like we joked about it earlier, it was more like a Steven Seagal movie until the end when it became right. a massacre. Arnold, yeah, it was Commando Part 2 at the end, basically. Where, yeah, I agree. It, this kind of seems like a Seagal movie from the start. Disgraced cop, gets back in, goes undercover, mafia guys. It's something Seagal could, could and would have done. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it's prior to Seagal being, becoming an, uh, you know, an actor or action star or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think it really, it doesn't feel like a Van Damme movie either because I don't, I, I don't think he could have pulled yeah. this off. Like, Arnold was so weirdly placed in this, but I loved it because of that. Like, yeah. I, I liked it. And it had very distinct parts that we'll, we'll kind of walk through in a bit here. But I, I don't know. Was there anything that stood out to you that made it like a solid action movie or an Arnold movie to you at, at like a high level? No, I, I just, I mean, again, like the, this, it not being an Arnold movie, I kind of liked the twist, though. I did like yep. Arnold with the slick back hair, acting cocky. And this is kind of, is this kind of new to Arnold at this time? It was. You know, he wasn't really cocky in Commando and Terminator. He was a robot. So this is like, <laughs> <He's> a robot. 
This is pre-Predator, pre-Running Man. This yeah. is great. Like this is this is a good like stepping stone for Arnold to become a better actor, right? I think when you look at where this sits in in his filmography, it looks like something that then started the trajectory of it gave him yeah. some experience to to really hone his acting yeah. chops. Like I know yeah. people say he's a bad actor, but like he was good in this. I thought he was great. This was great practice for him. This is a good practice movie to like actually portray a normal human being and not a robot yeah. and not a warrior and you know and not like some madman in the jungle, you know, running away from predator. This is an actual guy on the streets kind of kind of role that that like, you know, was new to him. It it is the kind of movie though you see where it's like, hey, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger infiltrating the mob. Like he doesn't blend in at all. No, and, he doesn't. Uh, what do you think of the name Mark Kaminsky? Like we've done this in some older episodes where we say, okay, what's his best name of his character? Yeah, Van Damme has some great ones for sure. What, what do you when you look at like all of the movies that he's been in? Like where does Mark Kaminsky slash Joseph P. Pussy Brenner fit within yeah, this whole thing? I, Probably, you know, towards the bottom where Harry Tasker lies, right? <laughs> I like Harry Tasker. You I think like it's Harry Tasker? Oh, I do. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, he, it's no John Matrix. It's, well, yeah. It's, that's it's, no ja- it's no Jack Slater. Yeah. You know, it's no Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. Dutch is like my favorite one, I think, of all. And, you know, it's up there. I get maybe John Matrix is probably the best one. John Just, Matrix. To me, it's Matrix and Jack Slater. Yeah. And underrated Jericho Kane. Oh, that's, that is yeah. a good one. That is a good days, one. Which is, which is a movie we have to do. Yeah. That's I want to do that. We'll do it in 2024. We definitely have to. Yeah. What, uh, are there any other movies that, that maybe we've talked about here that, that you definitely want to do? So you, you would say end of days or, or Jericho for sure. I want to do twins. That's what I want to do. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Danny Danny DeVito, awesome. Let's do it. We got to do that in 2024 too. We got to complete Arnold. We have to complete his, uh, his filmography. We have to complete someone's filmography and Arnold's the closest one to it. We've done, this is the 11th Arnold movie we've done. Which is crazy. So we've got to complete his his uh, filmography up into, you know, his stopping point of of T three, right? Yeah. Do you, so you're sell, you're saying to me that you're going to go back and watch some fantasy movies, Conan, with me? You're going to. I do mean, that? maybe maybe we can skip Conan and Red Sonja. <laughs> we don't have to do those movies. He doesn't want it. And we don't have to do we don't have to do the Belushi movie either. I don't know. Maybe Red it's good. Heat. I don't know. We we I could. We'll see. I don't like Russian, uh, you know, movies. I don't like movies set in Russia. But there's like mob movies. Like I just watched the new, um, what's it called? The, that Chris Hemsworth movie that's on Netflix. And that was set in like mm. Eastern Europe. And I thought that was yeah. really good. I don't really know why. Uh, it just turns me off. The, the The setting of Eastern Europe like turns me like off. Like it's for depressing movies. or something? Yeah, I don't know. And maybe that's just a me thing. That's not, you know, <laughs> it's that's like my, up there that's my problem. Not, not, not the world's problem. That's my problem. You know what yeah. I, I love about this movie? And it's something that I think you noticed too what you think of that song? Like we talked oh, about the Jumanji yeah. little riff. Yeah. How, how is it that we get two movies back to back with like a little riff? And then sometimes they put the saxophone in, right? Yeah. I love that in movies that have the continuous theme song. And that's like, that's an eighties movie action movie trope that died. That was a bad, it's a bad idea for it to die. Cause it, it belongs. And then like, at the end, right, when when the guy's trying to walk again in the hospital, and who better than Arnold, by the way, to motivate you to walk again after you've been <laughs> shot, you know, they do the sad one, right? Yeah. They put like flutes in and stuff. <laughs> Love it. It dun, was really dun, great. Dun. See, I, I wish one day I'll have a soundboard for this show and, mm-hmm. and we'll have that. We'll have the Jumanji sound. We got to get a yeah. villain scale oh, yeah. little drop so we could have some of these. Uh 
the other thing that I liked too about these style of movies before we get into Kaminsky and, and the rest of it is I just love like the idea of the one-liner and this movie was full of them. It was like, there was so many. Was there any quote that really stood out to you? I mean, there's so, there's so many good ones, but I don't know. Did you, did you like the one-liner? And if, if so, did, was there one that stood out to you? I, I like the one where he, Max took his picture and he's like, yeah, I'll make you a copy. Uh, I'm not a sentimental guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that yeah. was really good. Yeah. I also loved when he was having the trouble with his wife in the beginning. And it was like this sad way where he's like, you should not drink and bake. You should not drink and bake. <laughs> she threw cake at him, man. And, that, and, and by the way, that's what was for dinner. And like yeah, he gave her was- that, he gave her that look like, oh man. That cake did not look very good. Which appealing. by the way, you know, a lot of, a lot of by the ways. He's, he says, what does he say? He goes, that's how you, that's how we will get fat. And yeah. she's like, we are fat. And it was very, you know, for a drunk lady, for a drunk, wild woman, right? Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's pretty, it's pretty insightful. You know, we it, are fat. We, we are becoming fat. It was they're just, they're just existing. They're grazing they're like existing. cows. Yeah. It was a deep line there. It's a deep line for a drunk person. The, uh, one that Arnold didn't say that I thought was good, and and I, I don't mean to turn this into us just reading every quote, but it was Roca, who I thought is like one of the most underrated characters. We'll talk about that in the villain scale, but it was him and the rival crime boss, the 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 family guy uh, Kaminsky or uh, yeah. Lemansky. Sorry, Lemansky. I'm talking about Lemansky, Kaminsky, Roca, all these guys. But we'll butcher the names. Lemansky says uh, something about it's costing us a lot of money to get together because now my time is worth as much as yours. And Roca hits him up with it. You know, it's, it's worth more cause you got less of it. Oh, like I thought that was like such a, his, his years are rare, like a badass way to yeah. say like, you're done. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I thought that guy was awesome. Like yeah. I love some of the lines in this. And that was like one of my favorite non Arnold lines in the whole movie. We'll get to it in the villain scale, but top notch right hand man. Oh yeah. Sure. This yeah. might be breaking the villain scale. Yeah. So Let's uh let's talk about the movie. Let's just jump right into it. So set this up for people. Where is Mark Kaminsky at in the beginning in this movie? Okay, I'm gonna be the uh, the wrong person to set this movie up because I forget exactly why he was disgraced. Uh, what crime did he do or not do? He beat up like a, he, a yeah. molester, basically. Yeah. So he went. He, he like he police brutalityed. A yeah. person who who deserved it, basically, right? Essentially, yes. But you can't you can't do that. You know, you got to stay on the law. You're not above the law. He's not Seagal, right? Seagal would get celebrated for police brutality, not Arnold. <laughs> I think um, I think uh, what's it called? His buddy named Harry even says it. He's like, "Well, this is this is before they like let us do that." <laughs> yeah. The good old days, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's in. So he was a disgraced FBI agent. Now he's the sheriff of this small town and just super overqualified for his job. He's chasing down this police bike impersonator going on this wild speed chase. That's too good for this movie. I feel. Yeah, it was, it was so weirdly Such an placed entertaining Jeep versus motorcycle uh, chase. And he's, this is like, he's doing this because this he's overqualified. This is, as much action as he's <laughs> going to see all year, right? Do you think he did it on purpose? Like he he cat and moused him, like just to yeah. have fun. Yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like he had to do something to, to get bored. out of that, get to get off that desk, right? I I I think you know 
that chase was a good way to show you this guy is capable. At first I was like, is he a cop? I thought he was just a random citizen doing it because mm-hmm. they didn't let you know that he was a cop until he takes him to the station when he's like, oh, hey, sheriff. Yeah. Book him. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the Jeep, like unassuming. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? So he's in this small town. I mean, he's got to be bored, right? Because he was essentially in the FBI, I assumed in Chicago or New York. I couldn't remember, but it was one major city. I think it was Chicago, right? Uh, yeah, or yeah, did she I, say I, New York? I don't recall. It doesn't matter. His life is is kind of, like you said, it's kind of boring. His wife's unhappy. She's not happy that they 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 mm-hmm. got out of there. I mean, I don't know. It's like she sort of blames him for what happened, but I don't. Do you think that's fair for her to no. put that on him? She she misses the good life, and she probably had friends. You know, that's fair, I guess, to like be torn away from your friends and maybe family. And now we live in this small town and, and who knows the hell where she's taking it out on him. Why don't it's like, why don't, why don't you just divorce him? Like why, yeah. why, why are you going to be unhappy? You know, it's not like they're in witness protection or something like that. That threw me off because or it are almost, they, I don't, I don't know. think they are, <laughs> but it seemed like they were, which is weird because when Harry, his boss comes down the, that dad from the Christmas story, that a guy from that thing is this movie is full of that guys, those guys from those things. Mm. It's like they meet in the marriage counseling office because they have to make it a complete secret because Harry's kind of go off doing his own thing. But yeah. like at that time when I was watching this, it made me it made me almost feel as if he was also in witness protection. No, because it's like, like his, he's this big name guy. But his his goal is to get back into the FBI, so it's no, there's no witness protection. I what, think they're just it's just the only job he could get, you know, small town sheriff because he was disgraced. What do you think of witness protection as a whole? Because there's a component of this in the movie. If you if you yeah. set it up for people, it's the cabin, right? Yeah. So the main point of Arnold un- infiltrating the mafia uh, undercover is because his former boss or partner, whoever who is now the boss at the FBI, FBI chief, yeah, yeah, FBI chief, his son, who was an FBI or a witness protection agent, gets brutally murdered in this witness protection log cabin, right? Mm-hmm. So. Let's say let's say you're a rat for the mafia, right? Yeah, setting setting up uh, Drew Drew or Hallie, mafia rat, <laughs> mafia right? rat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would you trust the police to protect you properly in witness protection? No, and I and I also feel, isn't it better if you're hiding in plain sight? Like they're in this cabin. Mm. Like I don't know, man. It's Did like, you see the guy was using a sniper rifle to shoot people at point blank range? True. If you were hiding in plain sight, he would just get up on that rooftop to make it easy for himself. But they, but they can't like make a murder in the middle of like Chicago proper, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, true. Mean, I guess they could. Okay, yeah, the massacre at a secluded log cabin it's, is it's easier obvious. to get away with. Yeah, they could have dropped yeah. a bomb on the place. Yes. You know, they didn't even yeah. need to to shoot it up. They could have well, just they, dropped the bomb. They did, didn't they? They chucked yeah. grenades in there. They did. <laughs> like it's easier to go murder out like all of the agents. And they're yeah. the sitting ducks, like they're waiting to get they, shot. Yeah, they were not ready at all. No. Right? You think that like if you, they were playing cards, they were laying down. It's like none of them were ready for, for an no. attack. Yeah. And it's like they were waiting, basically waiting to get shot at. Like they had guys looking out. You're in yeah. the middle of the woods. Like if those guys yeah. are sneaking up on you, you're sitting right. ducks. Right. And why, why was it like... Uh, it's me. It reminded me of the Revolutionary War. Yeah, where where the bad guys <laughs> were using guerrilla warfare, and the cops were they had no idea that they were allowed to duck and cover. Should they have had <laughs> cameras? I mean, I guess they kind of had cameras, but it was yeah. like 
there was no there was no the booby traps to like yeah like, to, they for like have, sound alarms yeah why didn't they had strings in the woods yeah, like the trip trees, wire, trip yeah. wires you, you know you know who set up trip wire strings jason Voorhees, and he's yeah. like he's like uh, a mental midget right yeah he was <laughs> and jason he Voorhees, was. he set up he set up strings well right? in in predator didn't they have all kinds of like traps and stuff when they went after that first town when they went and blew yeah. up them blew them up like yeah. i don't know i just feel like I don't want to say the FBI chief's son had it coming, but they they weren't equipped to no. handle this place. It either was they bad. weren't, either they weren't good at their job, or they were too cocky, thinking, "Ah, well, you know, nobody's gonna. If somebody shows up, we'll we'll, we'll take care of them." And Not I true. I get I get it because they didn't want the other guy to talk in a case, and and this is what happens. But I mean, look, we've all watched The Sopranos, yeah. like Tony Soprano, and and those guys are way smarter than this, and they're not the smartest guys either. Yeah. So I don't know. I think. It's interesting though, because to your point, Arnold is looking to get out of this this thing. So Harry Shannon, who is played by the dad from A Christmas Story, who got the the lamp leg, <laughs> the leg lamp, <laughs> he's going to finance basically this mission to take down Patrovita and his crew with his entire life savings of like forty five thousand dollars in cash. So that's is that the deal that Arnold no. gets? That's a raw deal. I well, no, that's not a raw deal. I think That's the raw deal, deal was he was given a raw deal when he was disgraced to yes. to to wherever by the DA. Where, where was that, by the way? Was it like Nebraska? Was, was they never Iowa? said. It just said small town USA. That's the raw deal is getting disgraced to Iowa. Nobody wants to live in Iowa. He, you know? he, nobody gives him a raw deal except well, for the DA. When I say nobody, I mean nobody who like big city life in Chicago, New York, and it's yeah. like you go to the. That's why the, the the wife you know lost her mind. No, but um, yeah, that was the raw deal, the disgracing, but. It's a good deal, I think. Couple, you know, 25, 45K to infiltrate the mafia. And if you do well, you get your FBI job back, which I don't know how that makes sense, but I guess it makes sense. Um, that's a good deal. That's not a raw deal. I uh, I think it's it's an interesting deal, put it that way. He's getting his life back. and But I thought like his wife was sort of cast aside. Like they showed her she was unhappy and all that stuff. By the way, the mm. deepest of cuts. Oh. If if you guys want a little bit of trivia. Are you ready for this, everybody? Just as, as you're eating your turkey, dark meat, by the way, you got to go dark meat. Wait, dark did meat you hear that? Meat. That was the clinking of all the forks hitting the plates as they listen. Intently. Wait for this. Just put your put your food down and listen mm. to this. Deepest of cuts here. This is why Wait. you come to the Last Word Podcast. Swallow, swallow the drink so you don't do a spit take. <laughs> the actress who plays his wife is super famous, by the way. Daughter... Of the actress who plays Cullen Crisp's mom in Daughter, Cop. daughter of Mrs. Crisp. Mrs. Crisp. Ms. Ms. Crisp. Ms. Excuse Crisp's me. daughter. The, the, uh, the, <laughs> the lady who is Cullen Crisp's mom. So Cullen Crisp's sister, basically, right? I mean, Cullen that's, Crisp's sister-in-law? Sister, stepsister. Stepsister. Stepsister, step-sister probably. Yeah, yeah, so Cullen Crisp's yeah. stepsister. <laughs> I, I'm going to test my DS here with all the best S's. Best ponytail on. in the biz this side of yeah. Terry Silver. She didn't even have a ponytail. She should have had one. But no, Colin Crisp. Colin Crisp. Deepest of cuts. And I hope you guys, hopefully you didn't spit out any food there yeah. or anything. But that's yeah. like a, that's like a, that lady's daughter. That lady's that la- daughter. That from lady that from that, thing. that, that lady from that thing's daughter who, <laughs> who no one's ever seen before. Yeah, no one even knows who's like, who's the hell is Colin Crisp. <laughs> if you guys listen to the show, you know, Colin Crisp. Yeah. So Colin Crisp's sister, she's, she's in this movie, but I just, I didn't think like they, they used her much. Like she was an unhappy spouse partner and then it's yeah. like she goes away and then yeah. 
It's weird, right? It confuses the love story later on in the movie. Which to where it's like they should have been divorced or the wife shouldn't even have been in the movie. She should have been referenced as like, oh, my wife left me after I got disgraced because she thought I was a bad guy or whatever the whatever the case may be. Like, why have her in the movie just to be rotten for one scene? Yeah. Scene makes Arnold sympathetic in a way, but I guess. I don't know. I guess if you're going to make him be a killing machine in the end, you maybe need to make him also be a good husband that I guess. won't, won't yeah. commit adultery, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's your your way. But before we talk about him going undercover, I have, I have a question for you. Are you yeah. a Jeep guy? Are you a Jeep guy? No. I mean, I, 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 the thing is, like, I, if I bought a Jeep, it, it would be automatic and I'd probably get shunned from the Jeep society. It's, it's not a Jeep thing for you? For not having a manual <laughs> Jeep? I don't know. Like, I feel like <laughs> someone would like make fun of me for that, which I think is unfair, but but whatever. No, yeah, I've never been an outdoorsman, so it's like I feel like I'd be a, a poseur. But how do you for, become part of the Jeep community? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it because he had a pretty sweet Jeep. There's no, there's no initiation, Drew. I think you just go buy a Jeep. You put the sticker on your car. Yeah, you just go put. Yeah, it's a Jeep I, thing. I wouldn't understand. But I, I have to ask you a question because I'm not a Jeep guy, and I don't know yeah. the etiquette on this. Yeah. But like, what's the etiquette and the protocol? For like driving with no top and no doors. Like I think in Pennsylvania yeah. here, by the way, I saw that it's illegal to drive without the doors. Like you need okay. the doors. Yeah. But you know, the Jeep, it looked, I don't know which model it was. Maybe it was a CJ or something, but he had no top and no, no doors. And he was driving out in public. Yeah. But then he got home and he didn't put it in the garage. So yeah. he just left it out in the driveway. Did that stress you out a little bit? Because it stressed yeah, like, me out. Like, what if a raccoon just started pooping in there? It's like, yeah. like a nest in there, you know? It's it's, it's, it's risky. I mean, I don't leave my windows you know, open. You got to garage that thing, cool. right? If you're not going to put the things on. No, but I've driven in. A, a, a friend of a friend of ours has a Jeep, and yeah. I drove in a topless. I don't remember. I don't think it was topless, but it was doorless. Doorless. And I didn't drive. I was the passenger. Did it feel it weird? Was, it was scary. It was a little scary. You have your seatbelts on, but. You know, it was a little concerning for like having never done that before. Like what but, if a uh, rock kicks up? But it feels nice. No, it does feel nice. Um, but yeah, I would be just like you. I'd be concerned. You got to store that thing. You got to put the <laughs> doors on that thing when you park it, man. Don't be lazy. Like you can't be a lazy person and a Jeep open. owner. You have to do it every time. Yeah. I, or have or have a garage. If he had the garage, I wouldn't have. I was stressed out, right? Yeah. Like I don't leave my yeah. windows open when it's when it's hot out. Like yeah. what if a bird craps in your car? What if something yeah. comes in there? Like he's got the whole thing open. Imagine your nice leather seats and all of a sudden there's bird crap. You know, yeah. it's like, it could be an attack. Where I park in front of my house, I mean, all the, I mean, I am a, a constant attack of birds shitting on my car. <laughs> I, I would not be allowed to have a topless vehicle. Imagine that. Yeah. What about, so do you think when he drove undercover or he, well, he, he, we have to talk about him going undercover, him going to this chemical plant. Should he have taken the Jeep instead of the cop car? Oh yeah. Then that would have been more realistic, but you can't blow up your Jeep. Can't blow the Jeep up. He might so, need so, that when he gets out. Such good resale value. I mean, you can't just waste it like that. He might need that. Yeah. What do you think of him faking his own death here? I think it was a little um, risky because he almost literally died. Did you think he thought the explosion was going to be that big? <laughs> he <laughs> so underestimated massive. it. <laughs> he was getting the brush back as he was driving away, and it was very dangerous, Drew. I he, mean, blew up a whole, he blew up a whole plant for... It was very selfish of him. This was like... Batman blowing up Axis yeah. chemicals. This this could have this might have been a worse crime than him beating uh, police brutality. You know that the child molester, right? Like, what about all the people that he ruined their jobs? This is small town America, yeah. and now they can't go to work. Excuse tomorrow. me, was someone in there? How did he know that place yeah. was empty? 
he said, I'm investigating a break-in. And then how many yeah. jobs did he put people out of? Yeah. This is like, you know, small even, town America. Yeah. I'm not even worried about the jobs. I'm worried about the people that were working the night shift, Drew. <laughs> I mean, it was locked up, but there's got to be security guard, right? I mean, I feel like there were cars in the parking lot. Thought I saw some cars. In in fairness, it was probably one of the cooler, I'm um, driving away from it or walking away from yeah. an explosion in the cool guys and explosions scenes. A hell of an effect for a lower budget action movie. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I thought it was yeah. really great. Yeah. So he he fakes his death. I was under the impression that he faked his death with his wife knowing too. But he's got to infiltrate this this crime family here. He knows about the Patrovitas and all this stuff. I want to ask you, what do you think about the families in Chicago? Is this like is is Chicago second place to New York, or is that like the yeah. birthplace of the mob? Like, where does it start? Before I answer that quickly, you talk about faking your own death and having your wife not know. Yeah. If you do that, which I don't recommend, when you finally surprise her that you're still alive, you know what happens? It's the slap in the face and then the hug. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. she's remarried. Or, I mean, hey. I mean, but that's what you get. You get the slap and then the hug. Yeah, you I'm so, You son of a bitch. Oh, I'm so happy you're alive. I think she knew, um, right? Did she know? Because I think she when he, he called Harry at that weird place... It seemed like he he wanted to tell her. He's like, "Oh, you can't do that. You gotta you gotta not tell her that yeah. that was it was weird." But yeah, uh, back to the mob. I don't know who Chicago. I feel like that's that's East Coast bias, Drew. Are you are you uh, are you coming out as East Coast bias? I don't know it, because I mean we live in the Northeast, but wasn't I mean what's it called? Freaking Al Capone was a Chicago. Yeah. Are you I mean, are you gonna say are you gonna say it to Al Capone's face that New York City's better than him? <laughs> I don't think New York City's better, but I think it's weird, right? Because you asked me if they're second place to New York City. I said, "Are they?" Not oh, they okay. Are. You posed the question. Okay, the question fair. is is fair. But I don't know. Is it or Chicago is really maybe it's the tougher a tougher place from a mobster situ- situation. It seems I, like you would see I, New York. I feel like then this is I know no information about any of this other than what I see on TV and movies. Right? This is these is two guys not knowing anything about anything. Doesn't it seem like Chicago is more in your face? in public type stuff. Yeah. And New York is kind of smarter and more secretive. I about guess. their crimes. It seems that way in, yeah. in the movies, in the movies. Yeah. I, if you're from Chicago, write in and let us know which, yeah. which one has a tougher mob. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> We're closer to New York over here, but it, it seems, I mean, you see like the Sopranos is New, New Jersey and New York. Yeah. And obviously they're all connected. Yeah. Right. East coast, if you will. Yeah. But it, it definitely seems more of like an East coast bias. It seems like Chicago. I mean, I'll tell you what, Patrovita is not giving me a, giving these guys a good reputation here. I think his no. plan sucks. We'll have to talk about it, but <laughs> little, a little bold, right? This guy right? sucks. Yeah. I don't think he's very good. I, I don't know. I, we'll have to see, I guess. Lemansky seems like a complete idiot. Can't Bumbling even golf. Fool. Bumbling fool. Yes. Can't even golf. Messes up his, his drive-by shooting. Like you couldn't did. get that ball out of that sand trap, Drew. I don't, how dare you? I'm not a mobster with all the time in the world to play oh, golf. Oh, okay. Put it that I way. I see. <laughs> He was he wasn't even hitting the ball, put it that way. Yeah. I'd probably hit it. Because he was flustered and frustrated by Petrovita. Oh man, get out of here. This guy sucks. <laughs> he's got a lot on his mind. This guy's a bumbling fool. Yeah. I, I think he's a bumbling you can't, fool. You can't take work stress to the golf course because you're just gonna fail. And and why did so Arnold wants to go infiltrate Petrovita? Why didn't he just shack up Lemansky and go head to head with Patrovita? Like he went in from the inside, I guess, instead of more head on. Like he because wanted to shoot them all in the end. Because he wanted to learn all about them so he could tear them apart. If he was versus 
yeah, if he was versus Pachavita from the start, then he would have limited knowledge of the inner workings of the gang. Do you think he could have played both sides more? I suppose he could have he could have started a but okay. He could have started a war against each other doing things on both sides, but he's Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger, right? You talk about <laughs> the worst possible body type accented guy <laughs> to infiltrate something, right? He's freaking six foot forever. Sticks he's out jacked like, to the, like he can't fit into a suit. It's it's like bulging. His pecs are bulging out of his suit, right? He's not exactly the guy to slip in and out of buildings, right? Could you, you know, you talk about the golden closet and movie memorabilia and things that you would love to have. I would love to try on his double-breasted jacket. Like, would it look like a, it would look like a judge's robe to me. Yeah, like a cape. It, would, it, it would be outrageous on you. Yeah. Like when you, when you unbutton a double-breasted suit, it's like flaps open, right? Yeah. Imagine his, his would be ridiculous. Yeah. And, and you said, so we got to talk about his transformation into a gangster because he's trying to infiltrate this crew. What do you think of his approach to, to infiltrate this place and, and, and things about the transformation itself? Yeah, so all he does really is, and they literally show him in the mirror slicking back his hair. Like that's step one. Step I love two, that. And step two is pinstripe suit. Step three is cockily smoking a cigar, right? And then step four is without permission, just busting up a gambling ring in, in one of Leminski's hideouts, right? Is that a good start? Like, I think it's a good start. If I could, if I could give Arnold one thing that I think he could have done better. Now everybody knows he's a cigar smoker. Yeah, I thought his worst acting of the movie was smoking the cigar because he it did, looked like he mm-hmm. was trying to enjoy it, but also act that he was smoking it. Like it didn't seem natural to me. It seemed yeah. like they gave him a cigar and said, "Hey, buddy, smoke a cigar here." Yeah. Here's my question. Like to me, it feels like smoking a cigar is a sitting down activity. Yeah. You I'm not a cigar around. smoker. I don't like it. You know, I've tried it a few times. I don't like it. The walking and smoking or standing and having a business conversation while smoking, standing up seems like a chore to me. You got to yeah. be sitting down with your feet up to smoke a cigar peacefully. I feel the only activity that I think you can smoke a cigar and do is, is golfing. Cause I feel golf, like golfing yeah. people golf yeah. with a cigar, right? But you need like a little bourbon or something and you need to be yeah. sitting in a leather chair. To be, yeah. To with be an ottoman it. or a recliner. Or at the poker table or something fire. like that. Yeah. You don't I, just, I, I agree. You don't just stand and smoke a cigar while you have a business conversation. That's not a good smoke. <laughs> it's not a good smoke. What, what did you think of, of his attitude with, with Patrovita? Like, he was very cocky. You, you mentioned yeah. cockley smoking, but it was also yeah. beyond that. No, we talked about this in the intro that I thought it was a great way to act like a gangster is to immediately dress down the right-hand man. Or not the right-hand man, the, the henchman, right? Max. To make Petrovita, or not Petrovita, Roca, the right-hand man of Petrovita, be like, you know what? I like this guy. I like the cut of this guy's jib. This, <laughs> this guy's, guy's got balls. He's got, guy's got big balls. He's right? got it. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, like, do you buy him though? Like, No. But I, I guess you have to take away the Arnoldness of him. Fair enough. Because he's just such a large man. But it's, I do buy the attitude. The attitude, yes, because yeah. you said it in the beginning, like you can't be a cop going in there like acting timid. You gotta, yeah. you gotta go for it. And, and he didn't seem intimidated. Which no. also, if you think about like the Departed, like you think about Leo, like he's sort of getting his ass kicked a little bit. And yeah. it's, it's he was tough. cocky immediately to the wrong people. Yeah, yep. It's like establishing dominance. Yeah. Arnold went in and, and just did and, it right away. 
and it's one of my favorite aspects of the movie. And I think that what's why the movie works so well is, is that Arnold was the right kind of cocky when he was in these situations, um, immediately starting a feud with Max for no reason. Was, I thought that was perfect. What about the Lemansky angle? Because Lemansky is a thorn in Patrovita's side. So that's the rival family. The guy we said is a bumbling fool. Was it smart? Because they didn't want to start a war. And like, imagine, like, could that have gone south? It's like this random yeah. dude. Like, imagine yourself going up, like you, just you yeah. bad way. Like, yeah. you're just going to go up to New York and like start a feud with the rival right. boss. Yeah, it, it is a risk because, you know, they might not leave them alone. You know, let's leave. We don't want them thinking we're going to be petty and breaking up your, your your gambling nights just for no good reason. Like it wasn't even a theft thing. It was a it was a rough you up thing. Yeah. You know, think of it outside of the mafia. Let's say you and I had a conversation and you said, man, I'll tell you what, I really hate Jimmy. Jimmy's a, Jimmy's a real asshole. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hate him so much. And then without asking you, I just go over and I beat up Jimmy <laughs> for you, even though you didn't ask and he didn't deserve it. That's you a just, real friend right know? there. Yeah. But like you wouldn't want me to do that. <laughs> and like Tell as, as, Drew sent you. Yeah. After I was done beating up Jimmy, I stand over and say, and <laughs> Drew sent me. It's like, no, that could backfire. You could just start a whole turf yeah. war here. Yeah. It's it was. And you know, the other thing, talk about another, this is full of the, that guy from those things. There was a Jimmy, Jimmy freaking finger sighting here. Oh, he was yeah. the I couldn't tell if he was the Max or the Roca of the Lemansky crew, but he was mm. sort of like probably the max of, of it. Yeah. He's more of a, uh, more of a, a henchman than a right-hand man for sure. Yeah. He didn't have, he didn't yeah. have it. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, I feel like, and this is all just knowledge from movies and TV. The last thing that a mafia boss or higher ups like is you thinking for yourself. Yep. Right. They, they want you to do what they tell them to do. They're yep. making the plans. You execute the plans. Right. They don't want you to go off rogue and do things for no good reason. Cause if you, you could do it wrong, you draw attention. Yeah. So this, this was definitely a calculated risk. What about like just the other parts of him proving himself? Did you approve of his methods? Cause he went through, I mean, we, maybe you could talk about some of the situations that he got put in because there yeah. was the whole like initiation into the crew too, right? He was mm -hmm. on a probationary introductory period. Like he was interning basically, right? Yeah, he was interning. No, with yeah. So yeah, the incident in question where he broke up the gambling ring, which by the way, we didn't mention was by driving a shiny red tow truck from the 1950s <laughs> through the entire building all while he had like a smile on his face, like a psychopath, which was very well done. If you want to send a yeah. message, you know, message sent. Um, he robbed Lemansky's girlfriend at gunpoint in a limousine, <laughs> which was awesome. Which was awesome. Great scene just for intimidation, just to, just to show that, you know, Nobody is safe, he says. He went to collect a debt uh, with Max at a at a at a uh, gay gentleman's establishment. Yeah, right. Um, where he kind of saved the guy from getting murdered, right? By Max. Max said, "Like, don't ever get in front of me again." Like he was mm -hmm. he was pissed, but yeah. he did it slickly. I thought he did yeah. it slickly. Yeah. No, no, he, he he properly threatened him, but Max didn't like that, you know. Max has, you know, he's got to cut a certain people, you know, yeah. within a week or else he gets the bloodlust. He starts to, he starts to yeah. look weak too. Yeah. Yeah. And then he beat up Lamancey's crew, uh, in self-defense while dress shopping with his, his, his girlfriend, non-girlfriend. Dude, was which, that not a total Seagal scene right there? It oh, reminded yeah. me of the department store yeah, thing from Mark for Death. 
Absolutely, that was a Seagal scene. And yeah, that was just self-defense. I mean, those, those, those are goons seeing him in public and just trying to get a jump on him. Which again, like who's fighting a large human like that? Nobody. Nobody's Nobody. smart. Yeah. You know, I want to go back to a question that we said. Do you intern with the mob? Or do you, do you rush with them? Mm. Or is it like basically you're either in or you're dead? Like, because you're interning with them. Like, you're not, well, oh, yeah. you didn't make it. They just kill you. No, I don't know if you're dead or not. I feel like they- you know the well, secrets. They, well, they t- no, they tell you nothing. They tell you nothing. I feel. You know, they give you a certain tasks. And if you are nervous about it, or if you don't do it right, I don't think they kill you. I just think they tell you to get lost. You, you think it's not, so it's like a, a Sean Hunter situation when he's picking up the mailbox at the, yeah. the, the package at the docks. Yeah. If you fail at the task- and it doesn't, and it just happens to lose you maybe a little money, but it doesn't like get the cops involved. Then I feel like they just throw you aside and say, "Get lost, pal. You're not you're not cut out for this kind of work." What if? Yeah, I guess it depends on what you know. Yeah. But it just seems right. weird. It's not like rushing with a like a, a sorority or like mm-hmm. a fraternity. Yeah, I guess you're either. I thought maybe you were in or you're dead. It's it's over. <laughs> but I, I feel like usually those types of things like you get. What do you think? Um, get vouched for by a guy. You got yeah. You have to I have made guys like hey, this this is this is my nephew or my my sister's my sister's cousin, and he's looking for some action. And you need a, a reference. He's a stand up guy, and I think he could do good for us. I don't yeah. think they're just picking up punks off the streets, you know, with applications. Right? <laughs> submit a resume. Can I see you your resume, submit, please? You submit a resume. You know, what's your uh, cover letter? Did yeah. you what's your <laughs> cover letter for why you should be yeah. here? <laughs> what about? What about the whole Monique aspect of this? Because this is another aspect of the mafia. Like, it seemed like she owed them money. But I, I want to talk about this gambling ring because they had this this high rise and they had these underground, you know, you talk about Kaminsky messing up Lemansky's place with the tow truck. There was this other place that Rocco was sort of running, or Rocco, he was sort of running this thing. And that's maybe his job. It's sort of like Silvio with the with the the gentleman's club in Jersey and, yes. and whatnot. So yeah. he's running this this gambling ring, but there's a lot of people here. Like, did they just let anybody in there? Like, how does that work? No, Can you get I don't in? know. No, I think that you have to know somebody, right? And, and it's the same thing with like be, having there. getting initiated, right? You have to be a high roller and you have to be in, and um they're probably well respected people. Like there could be doctors, you know, or lawyers or or even, you know certain crooked cops or not even crooked cops, but cops that would, would turn a blind eye. You know, if, if, if they know your money is good there and you're not a rat, you know, they'll let you in and because they want you to gamble. Right. And their whole goal is to get you with interest. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's yeah. what yeah. I would expect. And they go after people with money who have no problem paying back, but paying back over time. Like if you lose 10 or 20 grand in a night gambling with the mafia, they don't want to see you tomorrow paying 20 grand. They kind of want to, they kind of want to get you the big, right? They want yeah. you to make monthly payments. It's, it's like a credit card company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's just a smart enterprise, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's smart business. Yeah. They <laughs> want your, they want your 20 grand debt to turn into 40 because the, the VIG, the VIG never goes down. And that's what so. it seemed like with Monique, right? Like she was in, in some deep waters. And if you haven't seen the movie, Monique is sort of like this weird love friend zoned love interest. Yeah. Seems like a sad character at the beginning and kind of is throughout. Max was all about her. He was trying to trying to get with her. No, was it implied that they were together before? Oh yeah, Max. It seems to me like they were they had a fling and they had a thing, and Max probably hit her. 
or something smacked like her that. around a little bit, and she like knows that I'm not getting together with this guy. This guy's trouble. He's just going to beat me. I'm you know I'm done with this. And he's trying the whole movie to get back with her, and but he doesn't really strong arm her, but he kind of implies that you get with me, you know your debts are good, but it's not worth it. It's yeah, not it's worth not the worth trauma. It. It's not worth the trauma. Do you think that Joseph P. Brenner noticed that she owed money, or was it sort of a, a chance situation because he saw her at the at the blackjack table, right? Yeah. I thought it, it was he preying on her. Was she sort of planted there by the mob? Yeah. Like, what what was no. that about? I think that he saw her as an opportunity. A, I think he didn't generally feel bad for her and thought she was a nice person. And B, maybe he could use her to like maybe get information, which he never really does get information out of her. But it was kind of odd because he he acted like he was hitting on her, but he was married, he's still married, so he didn't want to go any further with that. We never see them kissing or making out. There was a chance for some action on a bed after champagne, but he he acted like he passed out to avoid all those situations. Yeah, just a really, really strange and and complicated relationship that I feel would have been more clear had they not had the wife in the movie. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that they should have made a situation where the wife was out of the picture. This is one where like, I, you know, we talk a lot about these movies where say the love story is unnecessary. This is one where I think it would have been better to actually mm-hmm. have the love story because yeah. it would have made it more, like the stakes would have been higher for him yeah. being in deep, you know? Right. And maybe she could have been in danger with Max or something like yeah. that. And it would have been, and if they were a couple in public or something, it yeah. would have enraged Max even further. Right. And the other crew, Lemansky's yeah. crew, like they went after him when they're dress shopping, but he's dress shopping with his friend. Yeah. He could have been her tailor for all yeah. they knew. <laughs> Which in the end, I'm glad that they weren't a thing. Cause you know me, like I don't need to see Arnold yeah. making out with anybody on the movies. Having a love scene. <laughs> this is, this is the perfect movie disgusting. for you. Just they gross. Gave, they heard you. They friend zone. Yeah. They, they, they like, did you see his like teeth and gums when he was laughing while he was drunk? And I was like, <laughs> oh man, please don't have a sex scene. I was hoping there was no sex scene. Cause I don't need to see that with him. Has he, has he really had any love scenes in his movies? He really doesn't. When you look back on no, it. No, just a little little sensualness in True Lies. True Lies, when that's he, when about he it. was acting as the Frenchman. There really aren't really any love but scenes nobody, for we don't. We don't need it. They know. I think <laughs> they, they know. know. They know we, they don't, know. Need we don't need it. We don't need it. Was she right to be upset after he friendzoned her? And did you see the friendzone coming? Because I didn't. I was like, no. whoa. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to end up being together. And I thought maybe, yeah. you know, we'll just forget about the wife because this is the type of movie where it doesn't need to make it sense. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I thought but that was interesting. Let me tell you this, ladies. Shoes another foot. How does it feel? Right? How does it feel? Doesn't it feel so good to get, <laughs> let, get strung along because he strung her along. He did. He really he did. He was in the wrong, acting like a boyfriend, taking it slow. He when was. really he had no interest in romance. It, it was pretty bad because I, I thought he was interested in her too. He, yeah, he this, friendzoned me by friendzoning her. Yeah. This doesn't happen this way. It's no. usually the girl stringing along the guy and it's, acting all, what are you talking about? I didn't know, like, what? Acting all innocent, right? He 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 got me by surprise. Yeah. You know, I, it, another thing that we didn't talk about, because I want to talk about the lead up to this this ending massacre, because before we get out of here, but we have to villain scale Patrovita too. Just some of the other things that he did to prove that he was smart enough. The one that I really liked was his idea, and maybe we could talk about it in the plan, but the bomb scare of the yeah of the police stations to get the stuff maybe we could touch on it in the villain scale mm-hmm. but 
I really liked how he proved himself to to Patrovita by coming yeah. up with that idea. It's impossible. We can't do this. Well, I'll tell you what though. It's twofold. It's smart. It was a smart idea, and also a way for the crime to be done without any casualties. Yes, like he saved dead bodies from from he like, was they smart. Were gonna, if they were going to go in a little harder, cops could have been killed in that and you know during that raid. So he cleared the building, avoid any deaths. I think right. that it proves outside of maybe blowing up the chemical plant, he is a good dude. Yeah, he beat up maybe a, a child molester, mm-hmm. but I don't know that anyone's going to complain about that. And yeah. uh, especially if in jail situation. And then yeah. he also saved the cops from this other place and he didn't cheat on his wife. Like it's a lot of good things here. Yeah. So let's talk about this lead up to this massacre. Cause this, I mean, he's undercover. We can go through every scenario ever. We'll talk about the villain scale in a second, but the lead up to this massacre did Max know that he was a compromised guy? No, I don't think he knew, but I think there was, they definitely suspected. They knew they knew they had someone in there and you might as well test the new guy by giving him a really dirty job, right? The which dirtiest. is, which is let's kill this FBI agent in the cemetery <laughs> while he's grieving his dead son. Is it the worst place to commit a murder or the best place? It's to the best a place because like, do they even bring the guy back to the morgue or do you just start digging the hole? The undertaker's there. <laughs> he's like, let's go. Well, All I mean, right, you're going to be around dead bodies. Like they're yeah. not going to be, it's not like they buried him in the woods. Yeah. They buried him in a cemetery where there's yeah. already dead bodies. Yeah. No one's going to look there because there's, it's like, well, you said hiding in plain sight. Yeah. <laughs> a dead body in yeah. a cemetery is yeah. kind of like right. the perfect place to do it. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> What do you think of, of his approach? Like, do you think that Brenner slash whatever, <laughs> Joseph P. Arnold, whatever, Just it was P. too many names. Do you think Arnold could have done it? Like, what, what do you, like, no. how deep are you going? Because <laughs> Harry was the reason he's doing the job. If he kills Harry, <laughs> he's the screwed. job, there's no job. It's over. Yeah, those so recordings in that You have to blow your cover at that point. And then, you know, to get a job of, you know, murdering dudes and getting out of there. Would you be nervous calling an apartment with a tape recorder, just knowing that someone could nah. get in there and listen to it? You're undercover, it, man. I know, but it's like 1985, you know. <laughs> the tape Wire, recorder. Wiretapping at that point in time. You have to have the things on tape to like prove yourself, to prove that you're undercover. But he didn't even try to do, they should have a voice changer at least or something. Nah. So no, it's well, like, then, it's not him. It? I need to prove it's not him. No, I, they did not care. I, nobody suspected. It was, it was 1985. There's no internet. I don't know what that has to do with anything. There's no internet. How do, we, how do we even talk about the ending of this movie? Because it's so ridiculous. Like, yeah. I don't even know how to talk about this. It's so, one of my favorite scenes. They were like, we don't know how to end this movie. This is an Arnold movie. He hasn't killed anybody yet. Let's have him just kill everyone. Did you think he had it in him? Did you? No, because to that point, he didn't seem like a killer. Right? So then he, after he blows his cover, he had to, to save Harry's life, right? He just has to kill the entire mafia because the entire <laughs> mafia is now after him. So, oh, I might as well just kill them all. It just kills 50 people, Drew. At least. And, yeah. And he doesn't seem like it phases him one bit. <laughs> right? So he if just, you're, if you're doesn't. not used to killing people, you're, you're an FBI agent. You're just you're arresting people, you're doing investigations, you're not getting in firefights every day. It's not like the military or something like that. So just go from a desk job, FBI, you know, stacking high crimes, you know, RICO cases, whatever they're doing, to just massacring 50 
50, um, 50 mafia members, many of whom probably have families and are not super criminals, just kind of mixed in with the wrong crowd. And they're all dead. And you can't claim self-defense because he, he just shows up unannounced shooting first, you know, in that car and then going through the ducks of, of the hideout. You can't claim, you can't claim self-defense. I just, I think it's interesting because he walks in and he just, he gets everybody. Like, it's not even, yeah. it's not even a, well, maybe I won't get that guy. Maybe yeah. I'll get this guy. Yeah. And, you know, when I looked this up, I looked, I looked up on, on a bunch of, a bunch of places. So I look, I looked up, if you go to all out of Bubblegum, cause I check movie body counts and I don't trust this. It says 38 deaths in the whole movie. And I feel like mm. there was 38 in that scene alone. Yeah. It said 13 in the bar. But I don't, I don't believe that. Mm. But then if you look up on All Out of Bubblegum, I'm looking this up, maybe it is right because it says the penthouse, he gets five thugs, he shoots Vinny, he shoots four more thugs, then he shoots Roca, he shoots Patrovita, and then he shoots Baxter who tried to sneak up behind him. Yeah. I feel like Roca had too weak of a death. He deserved a more of a, of a better death in my opinion. Like he just kind of went out, he got yeah. shot in the well, office. Well, they both did, right? Even Max, like they were just shot, like they were, there wasn't much uh, grandiose, you know, yeah. comeuppance to, to either one of them. I don't know. Like, I don't know how you get away with this uh, on a legal scale because when you start talking about like what's what's worthy of the death penalty, right? Yeah, is a little bit of is a little bit of mafia crime. Even like the, like the lowest level <laughs> guys, massacre. they're all dead. Like dead, deader than dead. Right? <laughs> didn't, didn't stand a chance. They're scared to death in that room. They're not equipped to fight a psychopath like dude like he, kaminsky he's starting he's starting like a a, a war it's like a literal yeah. war right because yeah. a turf war that the other family is going to come back he's going to get a power vacuum we didn't even talk about the gravel pit he killed yeah. nine guys there five thugs yeah. the bulldozer operator two more thugs and then the truck driver yeah the quarry where he's just shooting drive-bys with a machine gun with one arm which is super impressive that's awesome way. Did you let my favorite part about that? And you said it before we started recording this thing was when he kicked out the windshield. Yeah. So he got a cleaner shot, not, not mm -hmm. for protection. Yeah. No, he did it. He did it preemptively. Like he knew ahead of time. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have better shots. So this, this, this windshield is just going to get in my way. I think this is when it turned into an Arnold movie from another yeah. movie because I can't, yes. you can't see Seagal doing this. He doesn't do this. No. Van Damme He's, doesn't do this. They're hand to hand guys. Arnold will shoot you. Maybe yeah. it's Stallone because it's like the Rambo side of things, but yeah. I don't think you could get, you can't get another actor doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think as rightfully as another one of those, that guy, that the police officer, he says, you did a hundred years of police work in one night. You did. You it, mentioned it. Like there's no, no more Rico crime. cases. <laughs> there's no more crime in Chicago. Crime it's, is gone. It's over. It's over. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this, the twist of the movie, the guy inside, because the whole thing was that there was a dirty inside guy. It was the DA all along, the one that actually got Arnold kicked out of the force. Yeah. Which he had a little bit of revenge on him. Sure. So I like that. But it, it kind of bookended it, right? There was sort of the craziness in the beginning, and there's the craziness at the end. And yeah. I like how it bookended, mm -hmm. like, the Arnold sort of craziness. Yeah. That was great. The last thing I'll say before we get to the villain scale is, well, two things. Another that guy, uh, I'm pretty sure that the bomb threat chief guy, the guy that took the call, was the, the gangster from Home Alone from Angels with Filthy Souls. Oh. And the other thing in that scene, right? Did you catch an A-treat sighting? I, I mean, saw the A-treat vending machine. Hell yeah. 
Dude, I almost want to drive down to Redner's and pick up a yeah, six man. pack over here. Yeah, it's from our uh, our uh, from our neck of the woods. You go know, to Lane County. Born and raised in Atreet County, right? Yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was a cream soda or something, right? Yeah. It's a, the label looks exactly the same. Forty yeah. years later. Yep. So <laughs> let's uh, let's let's get let's villain scale Patrovita and let's get the heck out of here for Thanksgiving. People are, are probably getting ready for their their dessert now. Yep. But it's dessert time. Luigi Patrovita. I got to tell you, I don't have high hopes for this guy. No. If if you're new to our show, we're, we're, well, we've got a villain scale. It's four major categories. Looker style, hat out or layer, plan or henchman. Put him through one to five and we'll do a total score. I'm not hopeful. Are you? Some people hack it a little bit. So it, it, it we'll could see. be surprising. We'll see. Okay. What about his look? Look at his style. Does he have any accessories? Does he have any like things? It's pretty bare bones in my opinion. He looks like plain senior businessman. This suit isn't even that great. It's fine. Yeah. It's a one. What does he do? It's a one. Yeah. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't even he have doesn't, a mustache. No, he doesn't have any cool hair or, or, or facial features. I one. saw his IMDb picture. He does have a sweet mustache in it, but not mm. in this movie. And they missed yeah. an opportunity. He looked just a random old guy. Like mm. he had some cool stuff in his house, I guess, but that's more layer hideout. So yeah. I think it's a one easily. What about his hideout yeah. or his layer? I don't know. So the... I loved his like mahogany office. That that was sweet. That was a pretty sweet office. But the you have some thoughts about his other area where the the casino was and like the hotel. Yeah, it looked like some like random shopping mall place. It's too like gray. It, it's it was too, too gray. gray. There was yeah. rooms inside of rooms inside of rooms. Yeah, like it was almost like you know when you talk about movies where they do room checks, they go from room mm. to room. That's yeah. what this was. It reminded mm-hmm. me of, it's like they go in another room and then they walk through another door and there's another room. Like, yeah. where are they? Like, I just didn't yeah. think it was, I didn't so like it. I would call the gray area the main hideout. I'm going to give him a bonus point for, okay. for his mahogany office. Yeah, I, the office was the best. But I, w- I would go two. Like, I'm not impressed. It's it probably like, looked very swanky for 1985, but now I'm not impressed. He had a high-rise building, but it looked like a department store to me. And I yeah. just didn't think it was that good. Like he Like, he had the view- that was out the window, which was pretty mm. good. But I think a two is fair because yeah. I didn't like the building. The gambling place wasn't even really his. It was Roca's. So I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I guess he owns it. He's the boss of the boss. It's his. But, but it's, it's, it's two, great. I think is fair. I yeah. think it's a two. Okay. Now, this guy, man, his plan. I just think his plan is like, <laughs> this proves to me that maybe Chicago's second place to New York. Okay. If, if this is the best of the best here, come on. Okay. What do you See? think of this guy's plan? So two-part plan. One, separate from Lemensky, right? Yeah. And two, there was a, a police raid that got cocaine and what was it? Um, was it like $150 million off, Was it that off much? The streets? I think it was a lot. Yeah, it was a okay. ton. Yeah. I think $150 million in cash. Or maybe it was $150 total in cash and drugs. I think it was and total. He, and he goes, hey- Right-hand man, Raka, I want my shit back. Get me my shit. I mean, I guess if you're that big, you got to say that. It's in, but... it's in the police, you know, you know, evidence locker. <laughs> what are you talking about, boss? We can't do that. Can't be done. Can't be done. But like we said, Arnold did have a plan, and it was a good plan. So Petrovita's plan, as bold as it was and as stupid as it was, it did work, didn't it? It worked. It worked. It, but the, he only worked because he had Arnold Schwarzenegger as an undercover guy. But the only reason it didn't work is because at the end of the day, Arnold got him, right? True. So 
Is it a bad plan if he just stole almost $200 million worth of cash and prizes? But it was his own money. He should have just robbed another place. He stole like, his own money back, but nobody, stole nobody steals from me. I mean, that's nobody like gives lost. me a nobody gives me a raw deal, Drew. Yeah, maybe the, yeah, he didn't get it. He got a yeah. raw deal. Yeah, but it's like you had, let's say you lose twenty bucks, yeah. you go back and get the money that you lost. Like you should be going to get something else, get more, yeah. get something better. Look, go get heroin. I'm going to give him credit because it's a bold but stupid move, but bold, and it worked. So I'm going to give him at least a three. You get at least all right. Yeah, I just think that it this worked. guy, it worked. But it was dumb. And I feel like- It was dumb. He got into this with this inept Lemansky. This guy sucks. He mm. was bad. I feel like if you want a three, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. But I can't go higher than a three because right. he needed an undercover Arnold Schwarzenegger to get him into the impound place yeah. just to well, get it. it. It took a cop to tell him how to do it, but it also took a cop to take it back again. Yeah. So Arnold told him how to successfully steal it because he knew that he was just going to lose it again anyways. I'll give, we'll give him a three. I think three yeah. is okay, but I can't go higher than that. I can't, we can't allow that. Mm. Which by the way, yeah. So what we're glossing over and it's fine because it doesn't matter. Um, he tells Monique, get on this plane. I arranged this for you. Get out of town. He took $250,000 of the money. Yeah. And gave it to her. Is it like ethical? To to to, to wet your bills, beak, man. To wet Dirty your beak, bills. Uh, you know, because the, the cops are going to seize the money. Let me, you know, I did all this dirty work. I think I'm owed something. Dirty, dirty money. Do you think he stuffed a little bit in for himself as well? I don't know, but he wanted yeah. to go back to the FBI, so maybe he. Can't I guess you got to do it clean. But he still stole two fifty for this for this floozy that nobody knows. As far as <laughs> as far as the cops go, she's part of it, right? True. I he stole I think- that money for her. So maybe that's the least, so he didn't cheat on his wife. He, he, he did mm-hmm. murder 8,000 people in that, yeah. in that building. They, maybe they had it coming, yeah. but you know, justice wasn't served, but well, he did. He on. stole the money. You said it right there. They, they may have had it coming. <laughs> he did exactly what got him kicked out of the FBI. That's right. <laughs> he did. What well, worse. He over, he over policed. Yeah. I mean, Dude, it, we can't have this lunatic back on the force. Yeah. Well, the DA is dead. So he doesn't know. He got it. He got him going. Yeah, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. But you're right. He did. And by I, the way, I think you're right. Monique's going to gamble that money away, isn't oh, she? Oh, that's gone yeah. tomorrow. She's going to fly tomorrow. somewhere else and go to a casino and lose it all. She's going to the Cayman Islands, man. Yeah. They, they mm-hmm. put her on there. That money's yeah. not lasting. He should have got yeah. four times that. She, she doesn't have it in her to keep that yeah. money. But anyway, sorry. Three all right, let's plan. go three on the plan. Three for plan. Now, this is where I think we don't have a lot of fives for henchmen here. Yeah, it's hard to find good help. But man, it is hard. It is hard to find good help. I think the only five we've ever given out was Fushan, the Superstorm, uh, there's a couple others maybe, but man, yeah. like this is up there with, with hard target. Yeah, sure. With the, the human killers, the human hunters. I'll uh, save the suspense. It's, it's a five because- It's got to be. It's Raka and Keller and Max Keller. Max Keller is a great henchman. He was awesome. And then Raka, which I don't think you can call him a henchman. He's more of a right-hand man, but for purposes of this scale, he is technically a high-level henchman well, what's, for, for Petrovita. What is the difference between a henchman- and a right-hand man and a goon. Because there's a hierarchy, okay. I feel yeah. like, right? So the right-hand man is, you know, second in command to the big boss. And I wouldn't necessarily call him a henchman because that's too low level of a term for the right-hand man. But it's all encompassing in the henchman scale. Now, the right-hand man has, has a right-hand man himself, right? 
which could be construed as the left hand, the left hand of, the bo- of the big boss. <laughs> the left hand. But that's where you could start calling people henchmen, right? Now, the henchman sends off underlings to do <laughs> real low-level stuff, like rough up a couple of thugs, right? Yeah. Maybe collect some debts, things like that. Those are goons. The goons. Right? Okay. Like, think, um, it's think, like think of Sopranos, right? Think about, um, who's the, uh, who's the, the Italian guy? Uh, Furio. Furio, yeah, yeah. Furio is, is a goon, yeah, right? he's a goon. He's a, more the best goon, but he's a goon. <laughs> he's a high-level goon. Yeah, yes, he is a high-level goon. Step up, yeah. He's one step below becoming a henchman. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> Furio, that's a perfect one. Yeah. He's a goon. Right. But yeah, Max Keller is, an, is, is a very capable henchman. And Arnold, when he was digging at him and Max was, they were button heads, I, was, I, I respected Max for not being like intimidated, Max. right? I very liked capable. him, man. Yeah. He, he was a tough guy, but like he never, outside of maybe murdering Harry, you know, trying to murder Harry. Yeah, he didn't seem like that bad of a guy. Like he was just trying yeah. to, you know. I don't know. <laughs> to me, he looked like a scumbag from the first scene. Like he just <laughs> looked like bad news. Also, another that guy from that thing. I mean, that guy's been in a million things, but he was yeah. also Jake from the Goonies. So yeah. he was one of the Fratellis. It's like deep cut mm-hmm. man. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, it's got to be a five, right? Yeah, these, these are very capable henchmen, and I. Like you said, uh, I didn't like the way all of the main bad guys died in this movie. It was too quick. It was too sudden. Yeah. They didn't get a good scene of, you know, we're fighting and I'm going to get you. Yeah. They just got got just like everyone else got got. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like they just died and it wasn't even like they fought like a one-on-one battle, like a fist fight. It's just, he went in guns blazing and he got everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So let's recap it for everybody. So you got a Luigi Petrovita, a one for look of style two for hideout and layer three for his plan and a five for henchman that puts him at 11 out of 20. So you talk about he's in company. He's right above Emotep from mm-hmm. the mummy. He's tied with dusty Dinkelman from just friends. He's tied with Beetlejuice at an 11 and he's right below Hugo Snyder, which I don't know. From yeah. Three, three, <laughs> three, three ninjas. <laughs> no, I mean, this is an average score and obviously yeah. it was boosted big time because he had such great henchmen. Right. Yeah. But he wasn't very that, good. Was he? he wasn't very good. Was he? <laughs> to quote the last row podcast, or he yeah. wasn't very that wasn't very good, but yeah. was he? So, but, but if the movie started somewhere else, and then you know Arnold was intervening Leminski's gang, yeah, we might be looking at you know zeros, even worse. Yeah, well, we and we don't know what it would be if this was the New York yeah. mob. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll have to get another movie. Is there anything you want to say about the ending where he's rehabbing with his buddy? I don't know. I don't really have much to say other than it was like a, they tried to bookend it with an emotional moment. Yeah, it was a I, nice moment. And I, I say that who better than Arnold to, to whip your ass into shape? Yeah. He was ready, he was ready to quit on walking. No. Come he on. needs to give him the V-sit Get and your reach. ass up. He needs yeah. to give him the V-sit and reach, the presidential fitness. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I'm – and now I'm, I'm a quitter when it comes to like if things aren't going well, I'm like, all right, I'm just we'll, – we'll pack it in I'm for this day. It. Right. But if I'm have an injury like that, but the doctors tell me you can walk, you just have to try. I'm going to try. I'm not. What am I going to do? Not try. walk again. <laughs> what are you telling try. me? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a slap in the face to, to, to people that are paralyzed that have no sure. shot at walking. Right. Like if they could. tell me your walk fine, buddy, just get up and try. You know, it's going to be hard, but you, it, it's totally going to happen. He was done. Who's quitting? Done. Who's quitting on walking? That right? dad from Christmas Story, man, he was done. <laughs> yeah. He was done. He needed. He, he pulled a plug, man. <laughs> he's, 
<laughs> what a what a what a quitter. Do what you want. I'm yeah. done. It's it, that's exactly what it was. So I don't respect that. He didn't deserve the sad. Dur, dur, dur. <laughs> dur, dur, he didn't deserve the sad piano, dude. Did you love the outro music too? It was a full on. Yeah. It just was so good, man. I wish I could yeah. put it in here, but we'll get a copyright strike. So just go look it up. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a great song, man. It, it was great. So I, I look. I don't know if this is the first episode we've ever had that actually released on Thanksgiving, but I just got to say this. You know, it's another year of the books here. Pretty much was we're coming up on the end. Thank you to to you, Badway. I love doing oh. this show. It's 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 awesome. When I think about what I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful oh, for same for this same. this friendship, man. We got a great show going here. I love all the listeners. Thank you guys so much for giving us another year of of checking out and listening to two random dudes just talk about some Arnold Schwarzenegger from 1986. We love you guys. We oh, love yeah. all you. Thank you so much for for everything, and we hope that you guys have a have a great Thanksgiving and have a, a great rest of your year. We'll be back in two weeks on December 7th. Um, if, you, if you're if you new to the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Give us a five-star review. Send us an email, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on all the social channels. Leave a comment on the page, thelastrowpodcast.com. And um, we'll be back in two weeks. I don't know if there's anything else you want to you wanna say, but man, it's it's been a fun year so far. What he said is what I say. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Wait, 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 wait.